Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So I sat down with Tommy LaPlante and uh, interviewed him earlier this week. Uh, Pastor Joel did most of the technical work to make this video happen, but I just want you to listen into Tommy's story now, and then I'll come back and dive into Philippians chapter 4. What was my life like before Christ? Um, it was turbulent, turbulent at best. My mom had taken off, and my dad said, you can go, but I'm going to keep my boys. He had four wives. Um, the next one was, was very abusive, and it was painful. She abused us spiritually, mentally, physically, um, and she starved us. Um, when I got older, things changed, and I, I, got, I got bigger. Uh, I started getting into a lot of trouble, and I was... I had moved out at 15 years old, way too young. And the courts put me back in, into the care of a family member. He was my Uncle Mike. My Uncle Mike lived at 413 Avenue H. And um, my Uncle Mike was a, was a pimp and a drug dealer. And whenever he would not get his way, he would just get angry. And it negatively shaped a lot of my years after that. My dad came and picked me up from, <clears throat> from the juvenile detention facility and I moved back in, him with, back in with him for a while. Um, <clears throat> but I turned into an adult at 18 um, and I just, I went my own way. So I, I worked in nightclubs. Um, and I kind of thought that this was really great uh, at, that, at that point. But the problem with that is that you have an access to excess. So I tried to contain things, um, started to drink, and eventually, you know, drinking it led to other things. I moved away to uh, Alberta, and I lived in Wainwright for a while. I think that's where I had my first brush with cocaine. It caused a lot of trouble in my life later. 1995, a friend of mine, he, uh, we were in a car accident and the car rolled and he was, everyone was ejected from the car except for me. I remember as we came onto that road, I started praying and he was laughing at me. And everyone from the vehicle was thrown and I had to find my friends in a ditch. And my, my roommate, Conrad, who was beside me, he, uh, he ended up dying. And so for the next eight years, I, uh, I continued to drink, use cocaine, and I was starting to use crystal meth a lot. I was in and out of the jails, and I didn't care. I was homeless, I was addicted. Um, I lived at the Salvation Army off and on. But then my life changed. The end of July 2009, 
when I quit crystal math. I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a Christian, but I saw these guys from Teen Challenge. I met this guy named, named Bobby Walker. And so for this period in time, this guy told me about this place called Teen Challenge and that he used to, he used to smoke crack, cocaine, and now he's free and now he's living here in Saskatoon. And he did it through the Teen Challenge program. This one day, I had this pipe in my hand. I didn't need to get clean to come to, to come to Jesus. And I just said, if you're listening, I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't mean to, I, I never meant to be this much of a burden. And so I only used crystal meth one more time after that. And I remember saying, why isn't this working? And my own mouth, it said, because I've already cured you of this. I was sketched out. I put my drugs down and I never touched crystal meth again. But then on October 17th, 2009, I was still involved in, in, the, in the drug drug trafficking. I just wasn't using cocaine, uh, cocaine or crystal meth at that point. And this guy came into my house um, and he was actually off of his medications. Uh, I'd met him before and he had a knife and I picked up a hammer and he went to surgery and I went to jail. So, you, so the next day you wake up, you're in jail, Tommy, and what happened then? So it was about a week later, uh, I, was, I was in secure lockup in jail and I could feel a call. And it wasn't just a call from Jesus though, there was this call to either fight for my place on that unit where I had been stabbed before, or I could just surrender. I opened this Bible. I could feel someone in that room. And as I started to pray, I could feel light. I had opened my eyes and I physically looked behind me because I could feel someone in that jail cell. And so I just prayed and I asked, you know, I asked God to, God to save me. I fell asleep shortly after, overcome by all sorts of emotions. But when I woke up, I just felt like a different person. All the anger, all the resentment, um, confusion seemed to be gone. And I read my Bible for, I read it two and a half times in that seven and a half months. And I was writing scriptures on the wall because the stuff inside my brain, it was not Christian. And then there was one day where I said to Chaplain Barb, I said, have you heard of Teen Challenge? She said, it's a great program. She's like, I have to see someone before he goes to the penitentiary. I'll call someone for you. I thought I'd have another day in court and I was gonna get out that day. But no, I didn't. I'm going for bail again. So off I go and, um, and then I didn't get out. And then I remember talking to Randy. He's like, well, it's, that sad. I'm like, ah, it's, it's not that sad. I said, one day, these doors won't be here and I'll be gone, right? So 2010 June, you enroll at Teen Challenge, good. I did 13 months, nine days. I had the minutes counted too, but I've let that part go. Um, the program was great. Uh, it was, it was discipleship. 
with discipleship, and it's it's Christ-centered discipleship. Um, I remember saying that I'm never going to be able to to memorize those those Bible verses. Right? They gave me this pace, personal, academic Christian education. And uh, I said, well, I read my Bible, but I don't think I can recite it. And so um, as I read the first, as I read the, the first one, it was uh, Philippians 4.13. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And so um, that one was easy. I was like, wow. And then um, they said, well, just keep, keep trying. So the next one was Philippians, right? And I am certain that he who began the good works would complete it. And so I didn't really even need to keep doing that because the Holy Spirit was going to guide me. And so he he helped me get that arsenal of, um, of good biblical scriptures for the days when temptations would come and the day those hard days. And so, so you graduated from Teen Challenge. Mm -hmm. What's God been doing in your life since you graduated from Teen Challenge? So. I ended up working for Teen Challenge out in uh, in just outside of Moncton at Memory Cook, New Brunswick. God led me there. Then he led me back to Teen Challenge here and I worked for them for a year and a bit and it was wonderful. And then after that, uh, I, wor I worked at the Lighthouse and like it was it was great. It was a great place for me to, to start. Um, and I took my addictions counseling diploma. I was, oh yeah, also I went to Horizon Bible College. And I actually lived at Horizon Bible College and it was, it was great. And then I took my addictions counseling diploma and uh, yeah, I got married too. And one of the biggest gifts that, that sobriety has brought me is, is my family, right? Is my, you know, my wife, my, our two girls, Ava and Reese, and my son. So finding Jesus has helped me to reconnect not only with Jesus, but with all those other people that I broke so many ties with. My relationship with my dad is wonderful. I have a relationship with my brother, which is wonderful. My sister and my mom, um, it's just, what he's a, given me so what much. A, what a great story of redemption, Tommy. We just rejoice in what God's done in your heart and your life. And you're just wonderful to see what God has done in your life. Tommy and his wife, Geraldine, make the neighborhood their church. We have been blessed and encouraged by them and their two daughters. But I showed that this evening because long before Teen Challenge was Teen Challenge, and before the neighborhood church was the neighborhood church, this church was investing every month in Teen Challenge. And for 17 years now, we have given thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to Teen Challenge through your giving and through your giving to missions. Sometimes when we hear the challenge to give to missions, we just think, oh, there's the church wanting money again. We do not want money for missions for ourselves. We want money for missions because of stories like this and how God can reach down and take a life like Tommy's and completely redeem it 
and completely rebuild it. Yes. We want to, as a church, be behind those kinds of stories. So this month, we're going to talk about missions. And this month, we're going to uh, seek to raise $20,000 for missions. Not so we can read a financial target, but so we can continue to meet our obligations. So more stories like that are written, and more names are written into the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, look into the book of Philippians now, I ask that, Holy Spirit, you would come. Holy Spirit, that you would come. And that you would make these words uh, helpful, that you would make them beneficial. That you would uh, change our hearts even tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. So this is our fifth weekend in a row in Philippians chapter 4. And let me just take a moment here and read these four verses that we've been spending time on. And then I'll lift a few truths out of them. Philippians chapter 4, beginning... At verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In looking at this portion and challenging us to build four spiritual muscles that maybe over time we have allowed ourselves to uh, get weaker than we should be in, and the first spiritual muscle we've asked you to develop is the rejoice muscle. Rejoice in the Lord always. This is not rejoice in the Lord in good days. This is not rejoice in the Lord when everything is going wonderful. It is develop the spiritual muscle where you are rejoicing in the Lord Always. I sat down in Pastor Gordon's uh, former office uh, earlier this week and chatted with him a little bit after he'd attended one of our morning prayer meetings. And, and he told me he was reading George Mueller's biography again. He says, I read it twice every year. And he told this story. He said, George Mueller spends every day getting alone with Jesus until he knew he had the joy of the Lord. 
didn't come out amongst people until George Mueller knew he had the joy of the Lord. Could be one of the reasons he made such an impact in feeding thousands upon thousands upon thousands of orphans over the years in Bristol, England, and never once sent out a fundraising letter just said, Father, we need some money around here to feed these kids, and God always provided. He made the decision to make sure he was living in the joy of the Lord. Would suggest to you that all of us need to make wise choices, and in reality, our lives are the sum of the choices we do make. We need to make the choice every day to say, This is the day the Lord hath made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The second muscle uh, we've been challenged to develop from this portion is let your Gentle graciousness be known to all men. May God do a work in all of our hearts where there is this obvious spirit of gentleness and graciousness about us. That should be the reputation of Christians. We should be known for being gentle, gracious people. And then thirdly, we run into this really challenging muscle that we need to develop. Be anxious for nothing. And some of you hear that and you say, Pastor, I, I know you think that's important, but you don't know my life. Well, and I don't claim to know all the details of any of your lives. But I do know the Apostle Paul writes here, be anxious for nothing. This is in the book of Philippians. Philippians is known as one of the prison letters. And in, in chapter 1 and verse 7 of Philippians, Paul talks about uh, being, uh, being a prisoner. Paul actually writes this letter as he's in prison because he's a Christian, because of the gospel. And he's in uh, the Mamertine prison in Rome. And uh, this is how that prison was described by a secular writer. Let me read it to you. The Mamertine prison could have been called the House of Darkness. Few prisons were as dim, dank, and dirty as the lower chamber Paul occupied. Known in earlier times as the Tolanium dungeon, its neglect, darkness, and stench gave a hideous and terrifying appearance, according to Roman historian Sallust. This was not an easy place Paul was writing this letter from. And most of you, if you're being honest with your present circumstance, say my situation is a whole lot better than that. And he says to us, not me, he says to us, be anxious 
for nothing. But, and this is muscle number four, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I enjoyed the neighborhood group that I'm a part of and the discussion that we had on this challenge of bringing all of our requests to God. This is an important truth for us to learn. It's an important thing for us to develop in our lives. Encourage you to find a neighbor group to call your own group. Some of us look at those four things and say, can't do it, can't do it. Never, ever, ever be able to get those muscles all, all, all working in sync. Can I take you back to Tommy's video? And what's the first verse he memorized that began to turn things around for him as he was trying to rebuild his life? What was the first verse he memorized? It was just down the chapter in Philippians chapter 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't do it? I agree you can't do it. But you can do it through Christ. You can do it through Christ who strengthens us. So as I was thinking about this portion this week and studying it and meditating on it and praying over it, two tiny little words stuck out to me. But and and. But and and. And I would suggest you make a Bible, your own Bible, and you circle both of those words, but and and, and that you maybe highlight them. And if you don't have a paper copy Bible, figure out how to highlight it on your electronic version. But make those words, but and and, stick out. We do not let anxiety and our circumstances overwhelm us. But what do we do? But what do we do? In everything by prayer and supplication, we let our requests be made known unto God. We let God do the heavy lifting. We don't carry all this heavy stuff around. We let our requests be made known unto God. Every once in a while, and thank God, I've got very few of these letters since pastoring in Saskatoon, but every once in a while I get a letter. And the people who are good at writing letters... What they do is they start with about three paragraphs telling you how wonderful they are, you are. Which feels good. But in many of those letters, you come to a but. But! And you know the real reason for the letter being written is because of what comes after the but. That 
that's what the real letter's really about, but. And this but is important. Saying to yourself over and over again, I'm not going to be anxious, 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 is not going to bring you the victory. The important truth is what comes after the but. Let your requests be made known unto God. Let your requests be made known unto God. Let God do the, the heavy lifting. Then we come to verse 7. And friends, this is why I preach this series. This message tonight is the important message in this series. This is the place God wants us to land on. You do that, you do that stuff. You do, you develop those four spiritual muscles. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. New Living Translation says, then the peace of God, which then you will experience, and then uh, the Common English Bible says, then the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. Complete Jewish Bible says, then God shalom, then, 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 contemporary English version, then because, then because, when you, you work and you build and you develop these muscles, and then something happens, and then, then, then the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is what God wants to do in your life. Then and then... Work on the four muscles, and then the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I started painting the exterior of our house about seven weeks ago, and it was a lot more exciting the first two weeks than it was in the last five. But I got this nice weather on... Uh, on Monday afternoon, and I said, I, I just got to take advantage of this. I got paint sitting in the can that I don't want to go bad and dry up on me over winter. So I uh, painted for a couple of hours on Monday afternoon, but I knew I had a sermon to preach this weekend, so I listened to a couple of sermons and I'm on the ladder, and the guy who's preaching on Philippians chapter 4, for the life of me, I couldn't tell you 
his name, all I know is he's from Chicago, and he spoke with some kind of a British Eilish sort of accent. But he took me in that message as I'm standing on the top of a ladder and no pen or paper in my hands. I'm amazed I actually remembered this. But he quoted John chapter 16 and verse number 33. In the world you have tribulation. Friends, not for a moment do we not think that life doesn't have dark times. We're not suggesting at all that life doesn't have difficult times, difficult periods. Yes, 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 life does. But in the same breath of having said this, in this world you have tribulation. In the same breath, uh, Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you that in me you have peace. So that in me you have peace, in the world you have tribulation. Huh, interesting. Do you catch some very significant phraseology here? In the world you have tribulation. In Christ <laughs> we have peace. We need to develop a spiritual muscle that takes us to Jesus in the circumstances of life. Are you going to look at all the pain and all the disappointment and all the struggles and all the turmoil, all the confusion? And if we've ever had a confusing week, it's been this week. How long can you stay at 2.53 and 2.13? The world can get very, very confusing. But friends, ultimately, we're not in the world. We're on the world, but we walk around on the world, but we are in Christ. And in Christ, <laughs> in Christ, we have peace. In Christ, we have peace. And Paul, who's in jail, and, and commentators will say, when you were in jail, in that jail, anyhow, you were often chained to a guard. <laughs> Make sure you didn't go anywhere. Paul knows what he's talking about here. And the peace of God will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus, if you'll just let it guard your friends, you won't end up in all kinds of places that aren't good for you. Because God wants to guard your mind, and he wants to guard your heart. Like what Paul Bunyan says about this portion in Pilgrim's Progress, he says, Mr. God's peace will patrol in the town of Mansoul. Mr. God's peace will patrol in the town of Mansoul. Let God's peace patrol. Let God's peace guard. Let God's 
peace rule. In the tribulation, tribulation exists. Yes, 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 yes. But in the tribulation, find your place in Christ and let his peace rule and let his peace reign. Isaiah 26 and verse number 13. Worship man coming along, please. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. What a portion. I love how Scripture just kind of builds on a truth in all different places from all different kinds of authors written sometimes hundreds of years, thousands of years apart. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on. When the tribulation comes, don't get your eyes on what's happening in the world. You're in him. Keep your mind, keep your heart stayed upon him. The peace of God wants to guard your heart from a downward spiral that will not bring you joy and will not bring you peace and will ultimately only bring you pain. The truth of the matter is we can't do it on our own. None of us can do it on our own. The peace of God is a gift from Almighty God. And we need to open up our hearts. We need to open up our hearts and ask his peace to rule and reign. But it's bigger than that. It's an and-then thing. It's a but-and thing. We need to make some decisions about the choices we're going to make. We're going to rejoice in the Lord always. We're going to stop making trouble for ourselves by stirring up hornet's nests. We're going to be people of gentle graciousness. We're not going to be anxious people. But what are we going to do? We're going to let our requests be made known unto God. And then, and then, the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep and guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me? I just want to read one more verse to you. Standing, please. Book of John. Book of John in chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fruitful. Father, I pray for these good people who <laughs> brave the service where you have to wear a mask 
raved roads that were wet and slippery. Those who are listening online now, I thank you for every one of them. And I just ask, O oh God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that we would learn to walk and move and breathe in the peace, the peace of God, the peace you give. It's not a peace like the world can give. It, 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 it's, it's beyond our comprehension. Flood our souls with that peace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.